Hey, Scott. Yes, Adam. Why do they still make sitcoms with the laugh track in them? Because people don't know when to laugh at them. <laughs> because they're not funny. <laughs> that is correct. <laughs> Coming to you almost live from the factory where they make canned laughter. This is The Unknown Studio. I'm Scott. I am Adam. We are your giddy, hilarious hosts. We are both of those things. Giddy and hilarious. It's true. Uh, You in particular, lately. Yes. uh, Because of a side project, a secret side project that you are blowing wide open all over the internet (laughs) prior to this episode. I'm going to blow the internet. Uh, And you... uh, you will be talking about it a little later in the show when we are joined by our two guests, Trent Wilkie and Andrea Bessa. Looking forward to it. Uh, and uh, the three of you will be interviewed by me, and uh, you'll talk about your project. So uh, a little bit of a slight change in format in that usually Adam's the one who <laughs> conducts mostly the interviews uh, while I sit here and nod off. <laughs> but uh, he's actually making me work today, so there you go. Yeah, Scott, I felt like Scott wasn't, you know, wasn't doing enough. He's not a very busy man. <laughs> thought this this would be an opportunity. We're both ready. very busy men. We have a lot of stuff on the go. One of the things we have on the go is our crowdfunding campaign. Yeah, we've got a Patreon campaign, don't that's, you know? That's right. And we're going to keep talking about it. We are. Until we have more people subscribed to it. Now, it turns out that crowdfunding is a very effortful thing to do. It is. And that's one of the reasons why we are going to keep talking it up, at least for a while. Yeah. Uh, once it's got some legs under it, we'll ease off. But... Bear with us. Mm-hmm. We want you to subscribe to our show. We we do have some supporters who've who've already signed up though, and in fact, we are contractually obligated to mention a few. It's of them, true uh, because they signed up on uh, subscription levels that require us to give them a shout out on this episode. That was that was a good idea, right? Yeah, I was think it? so. But uh, the uh, the Patreon campaign is is to help make the podcast sustainable and better uh, because we don't want to go out and find sponsors anymore. It's always been a hassle. Yeah. Uh, we, we've we just decided, you know what, let's turn to you, our, our faithful listeners, and say, hey, pitch us a couple bucks. Mm-hmm. You don't have to. No, 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 no. We appreciate you listening to the show, and the show will continue to be provided for free. But if you felt like kicking in a few bucks... You could help make the show better, and we will... Do things for you, not weird, creepy things. Well, we will we will throw a few perks your way depending on the level at which you support us, the level at which you subscribe to our show monthly. Um, some of the the perks include being able to listen to the show a little before its actual release date. That's right. Uh, maybe a T-shirt once we can afford to get some T-shirts. That's one of our milestones. Uh, we actually, tickets, a free ticket to our live season finale. We also added a uh, a new milestone goal. Uh, for to, to make the podcast self-sustaining. Because right now, we don't have any sponsors. We figure for at least $200 a month, we can do the things we need to do with the show, and it's not that much money. So we added that one uh, last week. Yes. And uh, once we hit that milestone, we will stop talking about the pod, 
the podcast's Patreon campaign as often. Yeah, we'll still we'll still bring it up every now and then just to let you know how we're doing. But, but we won't necessarily spend the first ten minutes of every podcast talking a- about it. Absolutely not. Um, but uh, as as we mentioned, and we kind of uh, got a little off track, we do have a few people who have signed up. Yes, who we are going to give a shout out to right now. And thank them for their subscription and their patronage. So huge thanks to Aaron Bourne, Raman Ostad, Karen Unland, Sylvia and Darren Chevry, Delaney LaGrange, and Greg Beaver. Many of them uh, longtime friends and listeners yes. of the show. Many of them have been on the show. And many of them, uh, well, at least three of them are former podcast or current or former podcasters. Yeah. And that just goes to show actually, something that we've known for a while, and, and I don't know if we mentioned it enough. Edmonton's podcasting community is uh, is a pretty tight community. Uh, yeah. Um, overall, it's, it's fairly well-networked. I'd like to say that we know many of the local podcasters. Yeah. Uh, certainly not all. No. If you listen to the show and you have a podcast and we've never met you, I'm not discounting you. We just haven't had a chance to meet you yet. But uh, those we do know, uh, we've helped out in the past, those who know us, uh, generally are willing to help us help us out, and that's in our experience been the case with the local podcasting community. Yeah, so. it's been it's been a really great, and it's wonderful to have the support of of podcasters and non podcasters alike. So thank you to the current six Patreon supporters that we have, and uh, hopefully next month we'll be able to give you a shout out. Yeah, because you will have uh, pitched a couple dollars our way. Uh, as part of our monthly campaign, and and have a monthly subscription to the Unknown Studio. And the place to find us is patreon.com slash unknown studio. But we aren't only going to talk about our Patreon campaign. No, No, we're going to talk. One of the things I wanted to talk about about actually was uh, an executive committee meeting of city council on Tuesday uh, met very late into the night to discuss what to do about this Uber Uber problem. Yes. Yes, yeah, so many, many taxi drivers came to this meeting. Uh, not surprisingly. Of course. And, and Their livelihood is maybe not at stake, but certainly going to change. That's right. They st- if such a, an, uh, a business does start. Yeah, and, and Uber actually has been operating in Edmonton since December 18th. Uh, I checked my phone earlier today, and there are still cars on the road. Uh, which is interesting, because one of the things the city said was basically what they decided was we, the moment, at the moment the bylaw exists that you are essentially bandit cabs. That's right. And you are illegal in our city. We are going to explore changing that this September, basically. It's on the agenda. We have other stuff that needs to come first. Mm-hmm. But in September, we will change the bylaw. That's right. And you will be able to operate in the city within certain guidelines. Likely, there will have to be some licensing for the drivers and whatnot to bring them in line with some of the existing rules, but the rules will be relaxed so that Uber can operate. But one of the conditions that I believe the mayor put down was please stop operating until then so that you're not breaking the law. And I think that it is it shows tremendous disrespect if Uber as an organization is being given this olive branch by the city and then continues to flag- flagrantly disregard the rules of the city. And I think that if they continue to do that, Edmonton should kick them out and invite in a different competing service. It's really interesting because um, because this this whole, the way that Uber does this is is something that's really well known in the media. The So 
I've got the council motion in front of me. The, the clause that, that Scott is talking about is that it admin, administration requested Uber temporarily suspend operations in the Edmonton market, and if they refuse, administration take all steps necessary to apply for an injunction against Uber to prevent its unlawful operation in the city until such times as they are in compliance with bylaws. Uber agreed with the city of Portland, Maine, to suspend operations for three months while they sorted out their bylaws. Their motion was a little different, though. The one in, in Portland said, and if after three months we haven't finished writing the bylaws, Uber can resume operating in good faith. So the fact that Uber decided to make this deal with Portland and and has seemingly ignored um, the city of Edmonton's request to stop operating while they sort this out is a little sketchy. I, I think it shows tremendous disrespect. The city essentially op- offered to meet them halfway. And, uh, I mean, admittedly, it's only been a week. Maybe Uber is taking steps to close things down temporarily. I don't know. I can't speak for them. But certainly it looks like they haven't. Yeah. And if they don't, I think that that shows tremendous disrespect for our city. Yeah. And I don't care if you like the idea of Uber. I think they should be thrown out on their ear. And there are other services that are comparable to Uber that the city could invite in in their, in their stead, mostly just as a big F you to Uber yeah. at that point. And I think that they should do that. The thing, the thing is, I, I mean, I, I, I can't say that I disagree with you. I, I think that if they were drafting a bylaw that was about transportation network companies and ride sharing, they couldn't, speci- I don't know, I, I, well, maybe they could specifically ban Uber. I'm not sure how. But I don't think they could draft regis- legislation that specifically banned Uber. So they're going to have to seek an, injun- an injunction one way or the other well, by the looks of it. They're certainly heading that direction at yeah. the moment if Uber doesn't stop. For sure. So, but, and, and here's the other thing is that Uber could be poisoning the well, too. Because if Uber doesn't comply and the city decides not to change the bylaw because Uber wasn't willing to play ball, then that ruins it for any other ride-sharing yeah. company that wants to come in. Exactly. Lyft and Sidecar won't be able to come here. Exactly. So uh, it's, you know what, Uber, the ball is in your court, and at the moment you're kind of looking like dicks. Yeah. And this this is coming from me who's been skeptical from you from the beginning, but it's also coming from Adam who's been boosting for you from the beginning. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're both in agreement here. It doesn't look good. So maybe stop. Yeah. The other interesting thing about this whole discussion last Tuesday was that it revealed a lot of the major concerns that citizens have with the taxi service here. And what was really interesting... Oh, I'm not... Just because I've been skeptical of Uber does not mean that I don't think there are serious problems with Edmonton taxis. Totally. And what was really interesting, because I listened to some of the discussion uh, online and followed it on Twitter, is that no one... On the taxi side of the discussion, there's no unified voice. Everyone is fighting for their own little pile of magic beans. And and I think that's going to be a major problem for the taxi companies is that they don't have a clear message. They're completely fucking disorganized. And they're basically reviled uh, by most people. I haven't met a lot of folk who like to get a taxi in Edmonton. The only people who seem to enjoy getting taxis in Edmonton are people who have the business card of a particular driver that they like. And that's not going to work for everybody. Um, I can think of, in the last five months, I can think of three instances where 
someone I know has uh, went to get a cab for whatever reason. They're going somewhere, they're leaving somewhere, whatever. Their car's broken down. Whatever reason, they need a cab, and it turned into a boondoggle. And I, three, three different cab companies, I'm not going to name names because that would be inappropriate. Yep. Um, completely unrelated cab companies and basically all the same problem. Drivers didn't show up uh, when they were promised. Um, repeated calls to the, the cab company wondering what's up. And I mean, sure, it might be peak time, but if I say call a cab service and I say I need to pick up at one and you tell me someone will be there between one and one thirty to pick me up and then it's three o'clock in the morning and nobody's come to pick me up that's a problem yeah big time big time I don't understand why they can't get it together what, uh, what is what is it within the system the taxi services use that's creating these problems I don't know what the answer to that question is. but it's not like they don't have competition from other taxi services totally so uh, you'd think that it wouldn't be so universally terrible that there'd be someone who would step up and go, you know what, we're going to handle ourselves better yeah. because they'd automatically stand out and get more business. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see how all of this shakes out. I mean, I, to your point about my support of Uber, I, I wrote letters to city councillors as a private citizen saying, I think this at least needs to be looked at. I wonder how long it's going to take. I wonder if Uber's going to comply with being asked to be or being asked to stop operations while this is sorted out. I wonder what the taxi companies are going to do to try and fix things. Because one of the suggestions that the administration came back with in their report is the city design its own taxi app, which I don't think solves the problem. Well, especially considering uh, the main criticism I saw about that was that any city-made app is going to be... Objectively shitty? Probably. Yeah, they're terrible. I mean, the, the 311 app is okay, but their tran the city's transit app is a joke, is a total joke. It should never have been made. No one should have ever spent money on it. And I will go on the record of saying that. In fact, I just and it would And it would probably be similar for a taxi app. Yeah, probably. I so. mean, apps, you guys, apps are really expensive to make and to do really well. And Uber is valued at $40 billion, and they've spent a shit ton of time making sure their app works really well. Yep. So that's what it takes. The other thing that's been really interesting in the city lately, and I'm, I hate to even bring it up, but what the fuck is going on with the weather? Yeah. It is. Yesterday, it was when the time we're recording this, the day before we recorded this, it was 10 degrees. Yeah. Uh, we are recording this on the weekend of the 24th and 25th. Yeah. You'll be hearing it the following week when presumably it's going to get cold it's, again. It's supposed to. But at, at this time, we have been in the midst of an unseasonable heat wave. Yeah. Uh, where it has been 10 or more degrees warmer than it should be. Um, and I know this because I regularly read the weather on the weekends, mm -hmm. but uh, the average for this time of year is between minus 7 and around minus 20. And we've been averaging plus 5 for like two weeks. It's ridiculous. It is late January in Edmonton. It's supposed to be like the coldest time of the year right now. Uh, yeah. Jan late January, early February is where we usually are in our, our kind of deep freeze. And some of the, the treachery of this weather includes, like, rain. Not freezing rain, mind you, but when it, after a while it does freeze. And freeze-thaw in general, oh, because man. it melts during the day and it freezes over at night, and everything is just ice. I've had to salt my walk four times in the last week. Really? Just because it's just a new layer of ice just props keeps up. Forming, yeah. And I don't want my friends and my wife and myself to die walking up to our front door. It's a good thing. And to my not postman walk. as yeah. well. Yeah. As I also don't want to harm my post 
my postal worker. Well, very soon you won't actually have a postal worker coming. That's to your true. Door. We got our notice about when our community box is going to be going in. How, so. how soon? Um, I think it's this summer. I don't remember the exact date off the top of my head. It's really funny that that I, I was listening to another podcast the other day. I'm sorry, Scott. I listened to another podcast. You son of a bitch. I, um, I listen to many podcasts. <laughs> and one of the guests on this show, I think it was Canada Land, said, you know, that Canada Post decided the best way to make money was to stop delivering the mail. Yeah, which is with their whole reason to exist. Well, it's because it costs so much money to deliver the mail and they're a crown corporation. So by not delivering the mail, they get more taxpayer dollars in their pocket. But aren't like, okay, I don't know the economics of crown corporations, but they're... I don't know it completely either, but basically it's a a government corporation. But they're designed, aren't they designed as a service that's arm's length control-wise from the government? I suppose. I don't think they're supposed to be making a shit ton of profit. Probably not, but you know who does? Who? UPS. Yeah. FedEx. uh, Amazon. Yeah. All of these companies that uh, deliver stuff. I hate those companies. um, And do it very well. And uh, do it without Canada Post. And um, It's totally unfair. Well, it's premium service. People are willing to pay a little extra for UPS to deliver it faster. I guess so. And um, that's just Canada Post just can't compete. But part of the reason Canada Post can't compete is because they haven't changed Mm -hmm. in forever. Like they're not willing to overhaul the system to... uh, match or or be comparable to these private delivery s- systems uh and so they they automatically just aren't the optimal way to deliver the mail anymore and what and, are, and people deliver there's there's less mail in the system sure Most, it's mostly junk sure so it's mostly parcel delivery now right and parcel delivery is more expensive that's true but i mean the one of the things that i think they've done badly is that they're they're applying band-aids it's like it's like using it's like using tape to fix a leaking boat, right? It's it's like using a bucket to fix a leaking boat, but not actually solving the solving problem. the leak. You're just bailing water. Well, I think they need to look at why the hell they're leaking. I mean, it, it might be as simple as well. Mostly, mail is now parcel delivery rather than letter delivery, and I'm I'm sure that's a huge part of it. But how do you need to fundamentally restructure your business so that you can? Because like. At the end of the day, I think that we're still going to have people delivering letters. And I yeah. think that people don't want to do that through registered mail. No. So so Canada Post, as the Crown Corporation, I think, in service to citizens, which is why it exists, needs to figure that out rather than just applying all these Band-Aids. We admittedly uh, kind of uh, backed our way into the conversation about Canada Post. So I, I was not prepared for no, I mean, but this is a subject we should probably get back to at some point. I think after so. we both had an opportunity to read up on it a little more. For sure. Now, um, one of the things that I just wanted to talk about briefly is this: there's been a few changes in the media landscape, particularly at your work. A, yes. f- a friend of ours who has had us on television before is now hosting a radio show, and that's yes. pretty interesting. Jespo Ryan Jesperson. He's got his own show. He does. Uh, he had famously left Breakfast Television. Amidst a cloud of secrecy. Ooh. Not really. He, it was known that he was leaving. He it was, left. It was time but to it move was, on. But it was kind of on the DL what he was moving on to do. And then all of a sudden he turned up at my work one day and he was hosting a show. Now, did you just like, you just noticed him there? You're like, hey. Well, no, there was an email sent out okay. internally the day that it was announced. So oh, no I way. had no forewarning whatsoever. I did have a chance to talk to Jespo because I now work with him and can. 
Um, and he mentioned that, um, and I don't, I'm not going to say anything that I think might be controversial. Controversial. Yeah. But uh, the gist of it is, he wanted to have his own show. Yeah. And uh, breakfast television, as much as he was the, very much the face of breakfast television in Edmonton, it wasn't his show. Fair enough. And he wanted to be able to do his own stuff, talk to his own guests, uh, set his own topics. And radio, uh, particularly a radio show, was an opportunity to, to do that. And I certainly don't blame him for, for jumping at the opportunity if it was presented to him. And uh, I think that he'll do quite well. I think he's an engaging and interesting guy. I think he's very smart. Yep. I think he's very entertaining. I'm not just saying that because I believe he listens to our show. <laughs> and, uh, and we'd like him on again in the future. For sure. Um, but I, I legitimately believe that, uh, that he will do well kind of as his own boss. From what and, I, and he's not. I mean, he has bosses yeah. and he has a producer. But, but it's his show. It's the but Ryan it's, Jesperson show. But it is show. his show. And, and he and Kelsey Wingerack, who's, who's a great girl, uh, are putting, so far, have put together, I think, some some very good shows. Yeah. And I think that it'll only get better. I've been super interested in listening to the topics that he's tackled, the guests he's had on. Um, he's not shying away from... Uh, listening to people who have diverse opinions and then calling them on the stuff that he doesn't agree with. It's yeah. been it's been a breath of fresh air, actually. A little bit. And it's nice to have a younger guy. Yeah, also uh, true. On the radio, you know, who's sort of, I think... Not to say that Andrew wasn't fine. No, no, no. Not I, I, don't, I don't, and I don't mean to slam Andrew Gross at all. I think that he, uh, I think, honestly, that he is happy to move back to the afternoons with Jalen. I think that he... Uh, Works best with someone to work with, mm -hmm. with having someone else on air with him. And I think that he that he enjoyed working in the afternoons originally with Primo before he moved up to work with Dan. Right. And then when Dan left, uh, Andrew was just kind of by himself. And, and I don't think, and this is my personal opinion, I don't think he was as strong by himself. Fair I enough. think Andrew works best with someone else to talk to and to, and to bounce ideas off of. Yeah. And, uh, and to have fun with. Um, so it's interesting. So. It's great to have Ryan there. I do, I do miss him on television because when I get into work, I usually watch a few minutes. Well, and he's got a really pretty face. He's a he's a very big and man. it's a shame that you're not going to see it on the TV anymore. But those as, as often those that dulcet baritone of his mm. is it a tenor or a baritone? It's baritone. I'm a baritone. Are you? Yeah. I think I'm a tenor. I'm a baritone because I can't hit the high notes. And I'm not quite a bass because I can't hit the lowest notes. So what I but I am I do have a dulcet baritone. What I think we have to do then is bring Ryan in, have him on the show, and make him sing stuff, and we'll determine what his vocal range is. Or more specifically, we should have him on the show to talk about his new show at some point. Absolutely, that's that would be awesome. We should probably do. And that's that's something that we want uh, from you guys as well to suggest yourselves or other people who you think would be great guests for the Unknown Studio. You know what would be a great place to do that and place that we check very frequently lately? Where's that? Our Patreon page. There you go. Because our patrons can, of course, post on the Patreon page, and we can see it, and uh, we will absolutely interact with our patrons and do so with regularity. So so throw a suggestion over there. Uh, not that we are out of ideas. In fact, we've got oh, no. some... We've got stuff like queued up. Yeah. It's, so it's going to actually be a very busy next couple months just trying to get all the guests in that we want yeah. at, the, at the appropriate times because they're, you know, promoting well, and, events. Yeah, and we, we try to get people on in a timely manner so that they can talk about stuff that they're just starting or have just started. Um, not so much people like months out from their project. Yeah. Or 
or months after their project if we can help it. But it's uh, it's going to be a great a great 2015. We're already off to a roaring start. I would agree, and uh, that seems like a a good segue point. So we'll take a short break, by which I mean there will be. Uh, a little bit of a musical ditty playing to <laughs> indicate a break in the show, and then we'll be back with uh, two of our three guests. We're back. We have two and a half guests. We have two real guests and a sort of fake guest. Our two real guests are uh, Trent Wilkie Hi. and uh, Andrea Bessa. Hello. They are two parts of Friends Without Benefits. And the third part of Friends Without Benefits is Adam Rosenhart. Hey! Who isn't really a guest because he's here all the time. This, all the time. I don't, I don't, I haven't been welcomed like a guest. You won't. And you won't be. <laughs> no. Because I introduce you at the top of the show. You don't need to be welcomed as a guest. I'm not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. It's great. It's fine. It's going to be fine. But the fine. three of you are friends without benefits. What is friends without benefits? Oh, God. One of you answer. Friends Without Benefits is uh, a, a new... Oh, you're already interrupting. I was just going to be like, an answer in a complete sentence. I... Well, yeah. I'll be the grown-up here. This interview <laughs> has already gone off the rails, so let's just start right at the beginning. Again. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Trent Wilkie and Andrea Bessa are two parts of Friends... No, I'm not actually re- redoing it. But what, what is your group about? Uh, well, it's a sketch comedy group of people who like to make each other laugh uh, through the medium of video and uh, pre-written sketches. Uh, our comedy ranges everything from farts to uh, existential nuance. Uh, we have been described as uh, totally rad and also totally rip ass, which is both, uh, from what I googled, positive things. <laughs> yeah. and, and who described you as uh, My mom and my horse. There you go. Yeah. They are one and the same, though. You son of a bitch. Why did you have to go there so yeah, soon? It's always about my mom with you. How's your mom doing, Trent? She's doing great. Thank you. Thank you. She's a horse, Trent. No, I was joking when I said that. My mom isn't actually... My mom wasn't in the Kentucky Derby. My mom can't jump... She's not in the steeplechase. She was in the Olympics. Oh, that's why I always get yeah. confused. Yeah, sorry. Sorry. This is what happens, by the way, when you get a bunch of wise asses sitting around a table in front of microphones. <laughs> That's right. Is you're just going to end up with 30 minutes of probably comedy and very few answers. So we should try to front load this with some answers. <laughs> so uh, your guys' uh, sketch troupe, you're, mm-hmm. you're doing uh, kind of online sketch comedy videos and, and whatnot. But you're, you're kind of launching things this week. Is there stuff already online that people can watch or... Is that being saved for after the launch? There's a teaser online for for episode one, um, and there's quite a few fun behind the scenes photos mm-hmm. and stills that peeps can peep at mm-hmm. on Facebook. Um, aside from that, We've got a Twitter account, We've got a Facebook page, We've got a total legit, really pretty entertaining, some stuff. next level stuff. Yeah. yeah. Is, is social media really next level stuff at this point, or is it just... It's kind of just the level stuff. I think the way I do it, it's next level. Fair I think enough. anything Touché. I touch turns to gold. And when when does... <laughs> when is your, when is your coming out party? Mm-hmm. Well, Trent is coming out on January 29th, yeah, before the launch party. Yeah, which is also on the same day. Yeah, yes. so, okay. yeah. so January 29th at the Mercury Room, which is behind, sort of behind Grant McEwen-ish. Yeah. Um, when are we starting the show? Uh, well, we're going to say doors at like eight, but we're going to wait till people get in, get a couple of drinks in them. 
Um, you'll do your fun. dance, your interpretive dance, your quintet that you've been working on. Yep, um, yep. Uh, Spanish. will swallow a few swords. That's right. Um, I'll give birth to the moon, and then uh, we'll probably get right into that mofo. Now, you said episode one, so obviously this is kind of like an ongoing web series that you've planned out. How many episodes are in your first season? Well, well actually, that's, that's me... the confusing thing. We're actually just reenacting episode one from Sturgis. <laughs> you were going to do that joke. I was just going to know. I was going to say, yeah, plan is a really strong word. <laughs> <laughs> we, yeah, we... I'm Jar Jar. We're doing a month. <laughs> that this is my life with Adam and Trent. I love them both. Uh, the Friends Without Benefits is a monthly yeah. sketch comedy web series. Mm -hmm. So we're going to be releasing a new episode every month for the foreseeable future or until we suck. So hopefully, you know, um, we'll make it to April. We've got quite a few stuff already now, pre videoed so... For the record, uh, when we started this podcast, I gave us eight episodes <laughs> before it was done. Awesome. We are well into our hundred and... Almost 110, actually. And you yeah. guys totally do not suck, so congratulations. Way but go, but if, this, if this is precedent for working with Adam, then you guys are going to be oh, now. set for years. <laughs> Flirt! There's no, Adam, yeah, right. there's no Adam in Team Madam. Oh, shit. There is. That's the that's the word. He totally just worked his name into the word team. Shut up, Trent Adam. Andre Andre Adam, just shut up. Remember when he just kept saying that it was Septadam? Yeah. He's like, no, it's September. He's like, what the fuck are you talking it's about? It's Octadam. You guys, I, I follow the Adam calendar. Like, what, what a douche hammer. Mm. Or douche Adam. That's that is the correct <laughs> pronunciation. I'm adamant. It, we'll I will douche. say this. I will say this. Sure, we went past eight episodes, but that is because of both of us, Scott. Oh, I'm not. I'm not disagreeing with that. Okay, I'll disagree, <laughs> I'll disagree with that. I'll even disagree with myself. No, I won't. See what I did there, guys? My that's called here. My brain just exploded. He uh, he's always like this. Mind it's... blown. He pretty much exists in a meta state. That's right. I vibrate. I don't actually. I'm not actually <laughs> anywhere at that's any right. point. Yeah. I'm just a vibration. He is quantum Trent. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a woman, I'm a man, I'm a woman, I'm two women, I'm a dog. I'm my mother in the steeplechase, 1946. <laughs> That's what always Olympics. confuses me. I know, but I was lying to you when I said that. And, and and Estelle Getty did not fly <laughs> Canada geese this is to great. Paris for safety in a homemade glider. This, this she was not shot. This was amazing. So earlier today, we were recording some stuff, and Trent actually nearly managed to convince both Andrea and I, that Estelle Getty was killed in a hang glider trying to save Canada geese by flying them to France. I figured out that he was lying about two seconds before Andrea did. I never figured out. For the record, lying. I had to tell him I was lying. Until he told me he was lying. I'm a father as well, so this is going to be great for my kid. Is it? So, uh, you're doing monthly episodes. Mm-hmm. Trying to bring it back on the rails for just a minute. Had a boy. How long are episodes? Eight to twelve minutes. I think you, Andrew, you said. That. Yeah, yeah. They're they're ranging. They're going to be ranging in the yeah eight to twelve minutes. Probably more like ten to twelve minutes. And how many sketches are you able to cram into those precious minutes? Four to seven ish. <laughs> Not bad. Yeah. And there's little bits here and there too. Yeah. Now. Uh, People are, I assume people are generally familiar with sketch comedy, and it's been around for a while. There are many popular sketch comedy shows in the books. If you were to um, suggest what kind of sketch comedy you do, Ooh. not just like fart jokes, but if, if you were to liken yourself to something. 
I don't think we actually have any. Fart no, we jokes. don't. I'm not At saying all. we're highbrow by any means, but there's well, a few of the insults are, are fart names. Yeah. Um, is there is there a, 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 a singularly uh, functional fart based sketch comedy team? Because I don't I don't think so. That would be a niche to explore. What did I tell you guys? <laughs> Laugh me out of the room. <laughs> I might do that right now. Okay. Um, I, 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 but what kind of you guys do that? What kind of humor? What what kind of sketch comedy are you guys doing? I think a lot of our humor is very uh, language based. Mm-hmm. Um, that's typically. I mean, we're all very different, which I think is a thing of beauty. Yeah. Uh, when it comes to our show, just because mm-hmm. we all write sketches individually and bring them in. Um, yeah, then we kind of workshop them and figure out if yeah. they're actually funny. Yeah, we that's all have how, a different flavor, though. That's how my old sketch comedy troupe is. Is that right? Well. Fun fact, I also did a sketch comedy show at one time. Though that was many years ago. And uh, that group is no longer together because we all went on to do different things. Um, but uh, And that was essentially the same format that we used, mm-hmm. is everybody would write, 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 bring in stuff. Half of the stuff was just thrown right into the paper shredder because it was garbage. <laughs> and then, like, one or two things were just ready to go, and the rest was polished to turn something workable out of what was kind of a turd. <laughs> and uh, and we went from there. We, we had some... We did not have success. I was going to say success. <laughs> I, would not, I would not liken it to that. But we... We had some fun, and we had, I think, we had some, some really good sketches. I would say that that is something that we're aiming for. Uh, we all would like to think that it's going to be this, this wonderful and glorious thing, which, if it is, uh, it wouldn't surprise me. At the same time, we're having fun together, and as you can tell, we're all just, you know, we're having a good time uh, uh, constantly, which You're is great. You're having a good time you know? right now? Yeah, exactly. You can't see what Trent is doing. I'm dressed because, like a clown. Because this is audio. Yeah. Um, I didn't realize that, so I came prepared with a costume, which now I regret. Um, but is it a costume, though, Trent? I mean, well, half of it is. The wig is something I usually wear around on Sunday. Yeah, I mean, okay. I do my own what, what, What's with the merkin, though? Like, why are you wearing this enormous, like, well, butt thing of hair on your... First of all, Adam, I make all of my cl- own clothes and jewelry. Okay. So when you insult something I'm wearing, I wasn't you're insulting ins- my way of life. I wasn't insulting and, it. And my people. I mean, don't question it. Yeah. That's pretty much Thank the you. Same Thank thing. you, Andrea, my very good real life And friend. I just want to clarify, your people are Eastern Canadians. <laughs> Say car. You're, you're boundless when it comes to East Coast hatred. Boundless. That is the only true thing you've said. This is shaping up to be a classic episode yeah. of The Unknown Studio. Yeah. I, I'm going to tell you our style of comedy. And I, 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 think, I think you're mostly correct. Like, I think we do... We, we do very sort of language-based things and, and collectively, but I, that's more your angle. Mm-hmm. Trent is, he writes the absurd. Yeah, to very no, surreal kind of yeah, absurdism. To no one's surprise, I think. No, I find that very fun. That's my, but we all write our own style of comedy. We write what we think is funny. Yeah, and, and then we bring it into the room and it's just like, is this, is this funny? And there was one sketch that we just recorded a couple weekends ago that Trent had written, and every time I read it, I laughed harder. It was yeah, so. It grew on you like cancer. Yeah. <laughs> my first reaction was like, "This is super weird," and I think it's hilarious. And then I overheard Adam like 
laughing his ass off like two days later and he was like i'm reading it again it's killing me and then i did the same thing i was crying i was crying i think that uh for your bio from now on wherever you perform you should describe yourself as having cancerous humor (laughs) (laughs) it grows on you like a cancer yeah you've got four months to find this funny (laughs) no there's a treatment there's a treatment oh really they put you so you'll lose your hair (laughs) yes and in fact, that's why I'm wearing a tube today. <laughs> oh. we, uh, we're, it's, it's a safe place to be. Uh, I don't Ourselves. mind taking chances. Yeah, exactly. And I don't mind, uh, um, I don't mind writing something. And, and, and I don't think it'll immediately get shot down. We say that we throw away stuff, but we really don't. If, if, if we want to work on something, we'll work on it. Uh, and if it doesn't work, we'll come to terms with that. Uh, but it, it is a very safe and well thought out process. I think we go through um, as, as working with a group of people who I've written sketch comedy like yourself in the past, working with uh, Adam and Andrea, it's like working with people who have done it a lot before. And Andrea has a, a theater, a vast theater background, and Adam has various forms of entertainment background as well. And I think that the sketch comedy was a natural uh, order to us all to meet in the middle and create something that uh, is something that we're, I think we're going to be able to sustain for at least one episode well you've got the one episode done so yeah i mean that's that's gonna go yeah and then it will or will not (laughs) we're gonna have a hell of a party though (laughs) but we've got enough stuff for two episodes right maybe three yeah okay but let's be fair if the first episode goes over like uh like the hindenburg that stuff can just quietly disappear into the vault well, I would love for people to run from it screaming. <laughs> and I would love to get that picture. Uh, as long as they're screaming with a smile, as my grandpa used to say. <laughs> he was insane. Like, like painful laughter? Yeah. Like, <laughs> ow, ow. Oh, God, that was a bad idea. How are the levels on that? That, that you broke the internet just Sorry. now. Apologies to our listeners for that. Do you guys want to hear my smile? Yeah. Pretty loud smile, hey guys? Super wet. Third loudest smile in uh, Western Canada. (laughs) Behind Rick Mercer and... Jean Chrétien. Jean Chrétien. Jean Chrétien, as my mom called him. No. Who was not a horse, not in the Olympics, didn't eat her bronze medal in Stuttgart. Did not. Yeah. All lies. All lies. God. What the fuck, you guys? Seriously, buddy. Why, why do you only tell me lies? Sweet little lies. <laughs> so, uh, in addition to writing the show uh, together and kind of collaborating on, on putting the sketches, uh, making the sketches ready to go, I guess, what, uh, what else goes into the process of, of filming and editing and, and getting the show ready to go on the internet for mass consumption? Andrea takes control of the shooting, and it's a blessing that she's so good at it. I hate the word blessing. I'm going to do that one over again. Okay, take care. Andrea takes control of the show, and it's a blessing. Fuck! Did I say blessing again? <laughs> oh, my God. Andrea takes control of the show, and it's a... Pleasure. Pleasure. No, she's really good. Uh, she's, uh, she has, she's a very organized person. And a really stellar editor. I don't yeah. know if you've seen any of Andrea's videos... Kissing Habit Productions? Yeah. Productions? Films. Kissing Habit Films. Kissing Habit Films. Yeah, Trent. Fuck. Like, honestly. I just don't have a memory. I hit my head on the toilet when I was four. I can't even remember, um, what's that thing? The... Toilet that you hit your head on? the horse tornado. What's that called? Sharknado. No, it's a carousel. I can't even remember what a carousel is. (laughs) 
Horse tornado. No, that's not my idea. Daddy, I want to ride. I want to ride the horse tornado. It's been on the internet. No, but uh, the the process is is actually really simple. We write Trent, Andrea, and I. <laughs> is it simple? Well, no, it is. Oh, watch this. We write watch Trent, Andrea, and I all write sketches. And then Andrea organizes the shoot, does the shooting, directs everything, and edits the video. And puts up with our crap. So it's pretty easy for you. Yeah. And immensely complicated for Andrea. I haven't slept since December. <laughs> but but the, whole, the whole thing, if it wasn't for her, would not be together. There was no who's going to do what. She took it upon herself. She wanted to do it. She got us together. Yeah. It was her suggestion. And she's taken on most of the work, um, which is high-quality work. So for Adam and I, it's pretty effing wonderful to I'm be a part a of this. Total control freak. No, no, no. That's no. <laughs> not what I meant at all. I mean, the little known fact: this was not a podcast at all. We're not even recording. This, this is, is an, an intervention. intervention. Yeah. Sorry. No, seriously. I mean, you do. You. We are intervening. <laughs> yeah. We are actually. You've got to stop smoking Smarties. Yeah. That's not how they work. You're just supposed to eat them. Yeah. But you put them in your face. I know, but then I get. No, not as I high. I my no, nose and it's purple. Uh, I'm really into it, you guys. Andrea is not a control freak. She just has a vision, mm-hmm. a vision of the future, which she gets by smoking Smarties. And I don't know if you've noticed this, but Trent and I are idiots. Extremely, um, oh, what's that not smart word? Idiots. Idiots. We are idiots. I am idiots. So you basically heard these cats. Yeah, you heard us as cats, yes. Right, a little bit. No. No. Our, our process is actually great. I, I think, I don't know, I've never had, like, production chemistry go so smoothly before. That's, what, that's when we were making meth before we shoot, right? That's no. right. <clears throat> yes. What did yeah. I say? No? You I, said no. You I, meant, I, did yes. you forget? Yeah. I know no is a hard word to no. remember. No, I didn't forget. Cool. I was nodding yes when I said <laughs> yeah, no, I think everything goes everything goes really smoothly when we're working together. We're good at, at uh, jumping in when we need to. Sometimes it's complex to uh, shoot something mm-hmm. and be in it at the same time. Yeah, that is that's a huge challenge. Actually, that's been probably the most challenging thing when we write sketches that the three of us are in. But we have also been very lucky to have friends come in and help us totally. a lot yeah. when we need it with running sound and. Uh, Holding booms, yeah, the, the, and, which is a great big thing, which some people don't understand. It's such a help just to be there and hold a boom. Absolutely, I'm not kidding. yeah. We we sh- we did our first uh, shoot together at, in mid December, and one of the days we invited a whole bunch of random people uh, to come and be extras and help us. And that that whole thing would have been completely impossible. We would have had to cancel that sketch. Mm-hmm. Those, oh, yeah. It was two sketches that we shot with extras, mm-hmm. yeah, and we we couldn't have done it without without them so so they were a huge help and it's not just extras we have people that are coming in that are being major parts of the skits as well which is something new to myself um uh which i uh, not new to me but just the fact that there's other people who want to work with us um uh, which is awesome they want to be a part of what we're doing and they, they want to work with adam and i i mean trent is no no no. they said they said they they weren't they didn't say no when i said well they didn't say no they walked away quickly when you're not there <laughs> but they didn't <laughs> they didn't say no though when you're not there Trent. all i'm saying is that you're not there Trent. sometimes we need to assure people that you're sure everything's gonna be okay faces despite the fact that Trent walks around in a clown wig it can be very it's uncomfortable it's 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 a it's a silent mime wig 
I apologize. I know we've talked about this many times. You're not even supposed to refer to it as a wig. Okay. It's real human hair. One of the um, one of the things that I used to be able to do, and I'm I'm actually sad that uh, somehow I've I've lost this talent. When I was writing sketch comedy, um, I'd I'd be one of those people who'd bring a couple sketches to the table, and and one or two of them would be. And uh, I used to be able to draw inspiration from just anything. Mm -hmm. And I am, I, that is a skill that I've somehow lost because now <laughs> I'll, I'll just be sitting in front of my computer going, I, I have the urge to write and I have nothing to write about. Mm -hmm. um, do you guys have that problem? Have you been struggling to come up with sketch ideas or have you kind of hit that sweet spot yourself where right now you just look around the room and you're like, I've got five sketch ideas. I think, we, I think the more we work together, the more inspired Mm -hmm. We all are. Like it's gotten to a point where, I mean, once we started, once we started sitting down and jamming out on writing, uh, it was like a few times a day. We basically live in a group text conversation, and it was like constantly, guys, I have an idea. Yeah. They just gave me an idea, and Adam and I. What was the one that you texted the? Oh, I, I was getting my haircut the other day, and I thought, what if we had, like Tom the narcoleptic hairdresser? Ten seconds. Ten second sketch. <laughs> yeah. Someone just sitting there. You don't even see the guy doing his hair. You hear the razor go through the hair. Boom. Sketch is done. Yeah. Hilarious. We can't do that one now because Adam just spoiled yeah. it. For the world. Because basically I mean, everyone's yeah. going to yeah. hear this. And don't make that we're going to do it face because you should be making the we can't do it we're not. face. Because you spoiled it. And I didn't ask you. Put away your optimistic When you re-listen to this, I didn't ask you to tell anybody what it was. So... Spoiler alert next time. God, Rosenheim. And I think that might be one of the reasons that I've lost that skill, actually. Because <laughs> you kept giving it there away. Is, it no, is, it's but really... because, because I'm no longer in that group environment. I'm no longer uh, pitching ideas around. I'm no longer thinking like a sketch writer. Well, and so I've, I, I'm just out of practice. It's not like riding a bike. It's you, need not to, to, you need to keep you need to I mean, as a, working out that muscle. To yeah. sound like a totally writer for a moment. Uh, it is. The stereotype of if you want to be a writer, write is very true. If you stop writing, you stop writing. Mm -hmm. It really, it stops coming to you. So I think um, this is a good practice for all of us in, in producing material for one another. Uh, I mean, I know for me personally, I've uh, gotten a lot more ideas and felt a lot more inspired in my other writing as well, because I write prose, I write screenplays. Yeah. Yeah. Um, just because I'm actively working on it more often, which is nice, making time for it. But anyway, I, I would agree, and I would uh, I would also say the opposite. I've stopped I've stopped forcing for me. I've stopped forcing myself to write, uh, but I make sure that when I have an idea, I, I get it down. Go with it. Even if it's a line for something, like there was I'm not going to say the line, but there was a line that we used as a, a blow line for one of our skits that I was going to work into something else but it worked better as the ending for one of our skits um and uh that it was just uh, those little lines those little ideas like the narcoleptic barber narcoleptic 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 nervous like uh normal the cat from garfield the barber um he there's just ideas that you have and you need to act on them because if you don't act on them they don't exist you know, it, it, there's a line from a tragically hip song that nobody cares about something you didn't do. That's something that I've tried to apply to my life. I'd rather just do. And, and I think that a, I think that a lot of uh, creative types, though. See, for me, I've, like I've instructed creative writing before, mm -hmm. and I think a lot of new writers or writers who are struggling, mm -hmm. they 
fall under this weird misconception that writing every day means you've got to sit down and churn out like 500 words. Mm -hmm. I totally don't believe that. Like for me, writing every day might mean I come up with one amazing line of dialogue yeah, yeah, exactly. and I write it in my notebook. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, I think of, like I see somebody walking down the street and I'm like, well, that person is totally a character from something. So yeah. I will write down a description of what makes them a character yeah. or where I could see them fitting in. That to me is writing every day. Wonder Not necessarily like... If I give anybody a tip in this room or in the world, uh, download a police scanner app. And if you find yourself not having something to write about, listen to listen to a police that scanner. Would be fascinating. As someone who professionally listens to a police scanner, I can vouch that you will hear some of the <laughs> funniest and craziest stuff. Yeah, you'll hear some pretty terrible stuff. Yeah, from and time it's, to time. but if you're if you are, you don't have to be a funny writer. No. It doesn't have to be funny. It can be sad. But there's nothing more real than listening to people who are paid to babysit society, which is. Police. gripe about babysitting yeah, society yeah. Mm. and at the same time still act upon it and still yeah. do a good job at it so I would recommend doing that just as a writing that would be really neat I think it also really helps that uh, not not just the, the group text message conversation that we're always on but Andrea and I work together during the day and we sit right next to each other so at least once a day one of us turns to the other and says what about this mm -hmm. like what about this idea and then we float it past Trent and he kills it because he's a son of a bitch yeah <laughs> sorry again with my mom <laughs> Oh, Son of a horse. Horse. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like the, the, the ideas that they come up with during the day, I don't even really have to, like I will, I, I don't think there's one that I haven't liked. Because they do. They, it's not just an idea. He'll say something, she'll say something and add to it. He'll say something and add to that and blah, blah, blah. It's just, it's very organic. Uh, I've always found that I prefer working with other people. Yeah. Um, well, I don't prefer, mm -hmm. I mean, I feel like I'm forced to. Well, that's for you. You hired me. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> but uh, for me, having an idea is great, but being able to bounce the idea off someone is better. Having a sounding board exactly. is amazing. Even, even if they don't have anything to add to it, sometimes just saying it out loud to another person can make or break it. Totally. Or give, or give you that next little thing. Mm -hmm. And sometimes they have something to throw right back at you that makes it gold. Mm -hmm. For sure. And you're sharing, right? Yeah. You're sharing ideas. And if like you say, yeah, what if this happens? The person's like, nah, it's still... Something that could be added or taken away, right? You're giving each other a little bit. Well, gifts, sometimes so. it's as easy as I know I say this a lot. I'll say something to Adam and be like, Is this funny? Because it makes me laugh. Is it funny? Because yeah. sometimes you don't know. So, yeah, like you said, having that sounding board, even if all they're doing is going, like, Huh, weird. And and you can't eat farts. You're, at, well, and you're <laughs> right, the humor is also very subjective. Absolutely. And just because I think something is hilarious, everyone else in society might be like, Oh no, yeah. no! And so, <laughs> bouncing it off of somebody, you get that initial reaction. And if they also find it funny, you might be on the right track. Totally. And if yeah. not, maybe it's time to go back to the well. Yeah. Well, like the Ramones, I think we are writing for ourselves. We're writing what we think is funny. Uh, not that the Ramones wrote sketch comedy, but the reason the Ramones wrote the music that they wrote was because they didn't like the music they were hearing, so they wrote what they wanted to hear. So are you saying that currently there is no sketch comedy you like? Um, no, I'm saying that I'm <laughs> writing the stuff that I think is funny. Um, I also... It's I, like writing the book you want to read, yeah. right? I mean, and is there sketch comedy out there that I think is funny? Yeah, there's a lot of that I don't think is funny. That's actually an excellent but I'm an question. Asshole. What What would you say your influences are? What sketch comedy do you guys really like? If you could pop in a sketch comedy show right now, what would be your go-to? Well, we've talked a lot about Mitchell and Webb. Uh, Peep Show, that sort of stuff. Peep Show is not sketch. Well, it's not sketch comedy. But that Mitchell and Webb look is probably my favorite sketch comedy show of all time. I'm a huge fan of Portlandia. Um, 
I would say those are probably my two greatest. I always have to go back to Kids in the Hall because it was the first time I ever saw like this absurd level of of something that I didn't know why it was funny. The um, the bear sketch with uh, Scott Thompson dressed like a bear. And the guy keeps driving by, by his house on the bike and keeps calling him the F word. Uh, and then he comes out and he kills him in a bear suit. Like, do you guys do you guys know what I'm talking about? I haven't seen that one. But it's it's such an absurd idea that you can tell, like, I'm going to, Scott Thompson goes, I'm going to do it. I'm going to perform it myself. I'm going to write it. And it's going to be funny. And it is still one of the most memorable, most memorable sketches I can think of. And for somebody to do that, that's Canadian. And somebody to do that on, on, on in our home, you know, to do that. Um, is something that I was always I will always go back to, uh, only because I really haven't fully paid attention to a lot of other ones. Mr. Show maybe, but I'm dating myself when I when I say stuff like that. Um, and by the way, when I date myself, I go all the way with me, totally. It's really gross. Yeah, I get myself nice dressed up, take myself out somewhere really really affordable, <laughs> right? Pre-drink a little bit, just so I know I'm going to do it. You know, third base guarantee Wilkie. That's what I call myself. <laughs> it's a really stupid nickname. I know. It's hard to spell, too. Adam? Uh, influences, yes. Um, also like Lenny Bruce, too, when it comes to comedy. Because he was a son of a bitch. I don't actually really know. That's that's a tough question. Because, like, I don't watch a shit ton of, like, sketch comedy. But, like... I love the some of the situations that crop up the the absurd situations in like Thirty Rock and Parks and Recreation. Those are those are some of the things that I guess inform the stuff that I write. I also work with a lot of people who are absurd. Not like not Trent and Andrea, but the people I spend. No, they are absurd. Of course, but the people I spend time with in my day job. So I don't know. I guess I draw inspiration from random shit that doesn't necessarily have anything to do with comedy. Fair enough. I like a lot of I like a lot of the current internet comedy sketch comedy stuff the the, the higher end stuff I'm gonna say but uh, you mentioned Mister Show and that would mm -hmm. probably be my choice for a go to mm -hmm. again absurd, it was like stream of conscious I'd comedy. seen a lot of sketch comedy prior to that SNL yeah. Kids in the Hall as you mentioned but Mister Show was the first sketch comedy show that made me really take note of a sketch comedy show yeah. because of how uh, well constructed the whole show was not just the individual sketches yeah. but the entire show was built so that each sketch just perfectly led into the next sketch yeah. and then wrapped around to the beginning at the end like a perfect circle and yeah. and just the the thought and the craft that went into that was the first time that I really noticed sketch comedy yeah and the acting as well like David they, Cross they had a stellar team of and they of can people. act too it yeah. wasn't just mm -hmm. like i got a funny face on let's go pretend that we're this celebrity <laughs> you know they could actually invest in the characters and even though the characters were vile and or inane they were them yes yeah. not easy to do no there you go mm -hmm. we don't have time now oh, we're, we're running out we're of time. running out of time and i don't have a fast 15 well trent's already done a fast 15 well we'll give andrea a fast 15 so we will not do a Fast 15 this episode. I know that sounds really gross. I'm totally into it. A Fast 15? Yeah. Just 15 seconds, done. and we're done. So so. That's okay. So uh, this is where we'll wrap up. So Friends Without Benefits launches this week on the 29th, Correct. which is Thursday. Yes. So it'll be the day after uh, you are listening. Most of you are listening to this podcast. Some of you may have subscribed to the podcast and may be able to listen to it a day early. I'm just saying. 
Um, <laughs> and uh, what? Uh, it's at the Mercury Room. Yep. It is uh, doors eight ish, mm-hmm. eight ish, but the show won't start at eight. No, so get there. I'll probably at say, your leisure. yeah, we've got a little stuff prepared that we're going to say and do. Uh, it's pay what you can. Um, there is more than just what is going to be put online too. We have a little, uh, like I said, a couple of special gifts for people that uh, Andrea is preparing. And uh, where can people go online to watch the show once it has launched? To YouTube. But they can find us through our Twitter or Facebook. Mm-hmm. It's just friends, W-O, benefits without any vowels. No vowels, those are names. Too damn long. Too long. Or type in friends without benefits in the Facebook, and the Facebook will bring it to it, too. True. Yeah. So friends without benefits, Adam Rosenhart, Trent Wilkie, <laughs> and most importantly, Andrea Bessa. Okay. Thanks for uh, joining us God's on the show. God's Not you, Adam. You're here all the time. I'm, I'm always here. You've been listening to the Unknown Studio episode 110. Our guests Trent Wilkie and Andrea Vessa. Pre-production by Adam Rosenhart. Post-production by Scott C. Bourgeois. Subscribe today at patreon.com slash unknown studio. You can visit us on the web at theunknownstudio.ca. Thanks for listening. Hey, Scott. Yes, Adam. Why is there no one in this television studio but people I can hear mumbling and breathing? Because, uh... Let's try that again. Because there are voices in your head. Hey, Scott. Yes, Adam. Why do they still make, uh... Fuck.